Welcome to the Everton Army podcast. My name is John. I'm here with uh, Graham and Dave, and we're just going to do a full review of the three 0 victory against Crystal Palace yesterday. Um, just a fantastic performance all round. Uh, Lampard said it's a complete Ever- Everton performance. That's what he wants from us. That's what an Everton side should be. Um, just a brilliant, brilliant performance. So what we'll do is we'll we'll start it off looking at the defence and then the midfield, and then we'll go obviously to the strike force and try and spend about 20 minutes on each section um, and then obviously we'll talk about the team as a whole and the substitutes as well so um, Dave I'll just start with you mate um, the back four and Tarkowski I said this yesterday on a pod Tarkowski for me is the best centre half in the league do you disagree? Um, I might disagree but I'll tell you what he's well up there I mean <laughs> I think I saw a quote today on, on Twitter from Danny Murphy I mean, Danny Murphy of all people. That's that's telling you something. If he's saying if he played for a side other than Everton, he'd be in that England squad in a heartbeat. Yep. And I do think he's quite possibly England. You know, in terms of national team selection, not that I care about England. Let me get that mm-hmm. out of the way. But uh, he probably would be first choice center half. I think he's great. He's fantastic. I mean, some of those tackles in his own box. The you know yesterday were. Or mustard, so yeah, I might agree with you. You know, if I if I had a good look into it, I wouldn't say I, I necessarily watch a lot of other center halves with a keen eye, but yeah, he was really good, and he has been really good. Yeah, well, I've I've got a, a couple of stats from him um, actually, and uh, if you if you look at his stats of this season, so he's he's first in blocks overall, uh, he's second on clearances, he's second on aerial duels won, and he's third for interceptions. Um, round that up, and he's just the best in the league for me. Uh, Graham, what about you, mate? What do you think on uh, Tarkowski and Cody as well? Because you know he's equally being fantastic. Yeah, um, just as as a pairing, they've been absolutely fantastic. Do you think he's the best centre half in the league? No, I don't. But Steve, echo what Dave said. Do you think he's up there? Yeah, he he most definitely has to be a a prime name in that conversation. Um, I really do think just there's echoes of his game. He looks like 2009 Jagielka, like he yeah. did for us. Um, mm. And I, 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 I use that example because I don't want to go sort of too out there and become some, you know, I'd be beaten with a stick for it, but he, he really is playing that good already. Yeah. Um, like before Jagielka done his ACL, he he was being linked everywhere. I remember the Arsenal links were, were so strong with him. And I'm, yeah. not, I'm not making this about Jack Yelga. Just the point I'm saying is his timing with tackles is so easy. His mm. strength on the ball, no man to drop. He, he, he's backing his team up. I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, forwards now playing against him or they're not looking. Yes, we're, we're a completely different team from last year, but, you know, they would have looked and thought we were walkovers. They're, they're clearly looking... Cody and Tarkovsky are in their heads before they're getting on the pitch. But mm. um, just to finish up in Tarkovsky, because there's you can only say so much and, and, and repeat so much, but just he's just so robust. He's, he's strong. He's, he's winning everything. If he's on the recovery, he's doing it. Even the way yesterday for that challenge coming towards the end, I can't remember who he was running with, but mm. to they pulled it outside to get away from him, and it's nearly as if he's just like... You bought it hook, line, and sinker and pushed them right out on the byline. Yeah. And they hit that challenge and they won the goal kick. It was just phenomenal. It really, really was. And yeah. 
I really do, as I say, I say this all the time. Um, apologies to English listeners. It's, it's met with no disrespect, but you know, I don't really care about the England football team. And mm. I, personally for me, I don't want any Everton players to go there and do it because it's not even just the risk of injury or risk of, how do you put it, or the risk of fatigue because mm. I think this can really benefit us, this break. To an extent, I suppose it's the toss of a coin. It can kill your momentum too. But with all due respect to our players, those sort of Sky Six Club players that are constantly picked, it's nearly like the, the program they deal with that pressure and that criticism. Mm. Would, would ours thrive with that sort of criticism? Like if you're playing for England, especially at a major tournament, you're under a microscope. Do you know what yeah, I mean? A different kind and, of pressure and criticism. Yeah, and, and those English journals, you know, people talk about the Spanish and the Italian. I think that they're probably some of the most vicious. <laughs> you know, the, well, I mean, like the they, British press. They'd be quick to tear him out, though, wouldn't they, Greg? Because, like, just immediately if he makes one mistake, he plays for Everton. You yeah, know what oh, I mean? Of course. You see, we Pickford. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, undoubtedly. So it'd be this whole, that, yeah, I mean, I'm past the point of questioning it. I I know there's a media bias there, and yeah, and I don't mind sticking my neck out and saying I think that people do go after Everton players, like you mm-hmm. said, Gray. You've seen it with Pickford, so that would be my worry in terms of. I mean, in terms of what he is as a character, I don't think that that criticism would affect it necessarily too much. But yep. at the same time, I mean, if he's in that setup and he's got to come back and and play at Goodison Park and. And he does wear the Everton badge. I think people are going to be much more quick to to criticize the likes of him than they would be like an Eric Dyer or somebody like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but he, he, even apologies there too because I did sort of pull at the England chat, but but just to pull it back, the the Everton back line um, with Cardi and Tarkovsky. Um, I, I just think it's as as a parent, and we, we've seen this now over the, over, over these games. Over um, that they're just they're so impressive. It's nearly like if one's a one's a six, one's an eight. Do you know what I'm saying? And I mean in terms of rating out of ten. Yeah. You know, sometimes hitting the boundaries at eight point five nine. They're if they're not plateauing and just having an eight, even seven. You mm. know, for as as a parent, well, and it, not usually as is it, but if one's off it, the others on it. Like remember Forest game for me, Tarkovsky's worst game. He just looked lethargic he looked so he was second to every ball he, he just wasn't at himself and mm. remember us discussing it and being really puzzled about it but Cody was just at that point Cody was just on an upward trajectory but even yesterday too and I'm sort of wandering around here not focusing on the game but if you just go to yesterday they, they were just no nonsense the two of them Cody yeah. getting the blocks in um, putting his body in the line non-stop Tarkovsky just dominating and just just controlling like you seen it any time any of their wingers or forwards were getting through, they were just they were just mar- marshaled away. Yeah. Um, what more can be said that hasn't probably already been said in podcasts and media? Just they were absolutely fantastic. You've got Martin Keown and everything now uh, fighting their corner as well. You know, for an ex Everton player too, albeit he doesn't like to be reminded of it. Mm. Um, and a fantastic centre half, just a shocking pundit up until match of the day last night when he actually gave credit and he, he just said they they should be going. They're fantastic. So as a partnership, I think they're right up there, 110%. Yeah. You also, Jason Conte, who, 
a lot of people don't like it. I, I don't mind him, to be honest. Um, I think he, he he sticks to what he thinks and he's very direct in what he says and he yeah. believes what yeah. he says. He He's not the sort of guy to go out for lip service, you know, like uh, Jordan and, and Sunus and stuff are on it and they love getting the clickbaits as much as I, I, I don't mind Jordan. But mm. I, th- I think a guy like Condi too speaks, he just speaks his mind. He says it how it is. You know, yeah. he's he's basically marmite, and um, everybody's seeing it now, and I, I think that's given the team a lot more confidence just coming from there. Like that, we already know how important they are, and I think the league knows how important they are. Sorry, the league, apologies, know how good they are, but I don't think, I don't think everybody's seen their full potential for us yet. Mm. Yeah. So I just I just basically spoke for five minutes there to say, yeah, they're really good, and I think they're brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. You know what? I mean, I don't mean to go out on a limb here, and I I don't think they're at that level. But when I watch them, they kind of remind me a bit of Chiellini and Bonucci when yeah. they played for Juventus. And I, I'm not saying they're that good or or that <laughs> you know if they did play in the in the Champions League or in European football or or even in top Premier League games, I think they look a bit hit or miss. But in terms yeah. of the partnership, how that dynamic works is. Yeah, you'd always have when they played at Juve. You'd always have Chiellini going and winning that that high ball, and then Bonucci's in behind him, organizing the fullbacks to tuck and cover yeah. him behind him. Mm. And I think you see that quite quite prevalent now in this Everton side. Is Tarkovsky? You go and win the high ball. You got a good jump on you. And even if it's Cody going for it, Tarkovsky is he, he, you know he's prominent in terms of commanding that back four and telling yeah. his fullbacks to tuck in, cover the ball in behind. Because I think that's where this defense will get beat is in behind, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I, I'm just, it, it was something that popped into my head, you know, yesterday, actually, when, when I was watching, watching it back a bit was like, in terms of that partnership, how it works is one goes, wins the ball, the other one covers them behind and it's just seamless. They make it look so easy. And yeah. I'm not saying they're at that level in terms of individual, individual defenders or even as a unit, but mm-hmm. they really do remind me a bit of that partnership. Not gonna yeah. lie. I- I'll just check. I swear to God. See, just when we were talking about this, just before we hopping on, it was in my head, literally thinking that uh, I, I said I was never going to call it. But even just thinking of that Tarkovsky <laughs> challenge yesterday, or yesterday, where he mm. he put it out and won the goal kick and stuff, just the ease of it. Yeah. And I, again, Diego, not they're not that level. They never will be that level. All all respect to them, but mm. playing at the level they were playing yesterday against the opposition they were playing at. Yeah. They marshaled that and worked together in a Kaylini Benici esque yeah, partnership definitely. and with ease. Yeah. With ease, they weren't getting beaten yesterday. Like mm. even that one where Connor Cody flies across out of nowhere for a block when mm. you actually think, oh, this is through and just you're just at ease again. So I don't think you're mad in saying that, David. I did have that sort of same mindset as well. So I'll, I'll die on that hill with you, mate, when the trolls come. <laughs> but I, I do get I, do, I get what you mean. You know, if, if you're going to why should we compare every good center half partnership or every good uh, defensive display at Everton to Jai Gielka and Julian Lescott or Jai Gielka and yeah, Distan? Because it's because you're just it's a disservice. They were very good, but they weren't top level. People are exceeding their limits, and with all due respect to our center halves, I honestly believe at the minute I'm saying we haven't seen everything from them. But do I think that they're exceeding their limits? Quite possibly. The belief in the way they're being coached now, in a way that possibly never been coached before they found another level can they sustain it who knows but are they playing 
like you've even seen, even the games we've been extremely poor. Like even Newcastle's result today, away at Tottenham, is sort of giving me about. Now I was in holiday, I wasn't involved in any pods. I had a brief message with John, just and let's just say, I, I was quite upset at the performance and the result. And I'm not excusing it, but even at that, we're not getting walloped. Mm. Even if we're conceding, it's usually low, like United done us, but it was Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, touristy yeah. bits. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But it's a case of in terms we're of capable to compete at the back. Like There's no goal. No one is kicking the absolute shite out of us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Camberg yeah, is a least. unit. You know, we've got Coleman brought on now. He's 34, as good as he was, and we will come to the fullbacks next. And Mikalenko. He's getting hammered some weeks, like on the pod. I can't remember who it was said, but they likened them. They hit Tony Hibbert. Um, sort of bit my tongue, but I think that's extremely unfair. It's a second season. You know, second season syndrome is a really real thing. Mm. Um, you get to adapt and you run on adrenaline. Then it becomes easy. And then you have to have a, have a, have a method of how you live your life, how you perform, how you train, all this stuff, you know, because that adrenaline dies down and it becomes the norm. Yeah. So, it's still growing in that sense and we're getting stronger and tighter um, and full credit to Frank Lampard too. So yeah, why, why not compare? Because we're playing at a far better level at a far higher level. Like think yeah. of, think of some of the, some of the, the results we've had this season, some mm. really per, per, per performances. And, and again, we'll get to the attack, but with Calvert-Lewin as well, it completely changed the dynamic up top. We had that early on from the start of the season. Mm. And yes, Andres and, happen at any time yes but some of the points we've dropped we could be right up there yeah. we could be right up there yeah we could not yeah. to say we're going to stay there but we could be competing but mm. have more belief and who knows who knows then what being up there could bring in in January you know the board would be willing more to invest in the club because by all means you know the old boys if you can give me this money I can get us to here you know what I mean because this is where we're sitting you know, it's a lot easier to get a couple of million out of the chairman if you're sitting fifth, sixth, or seventh, or eighth than it yep. is to get it ninth, tenth, eleventh, or twelfth. Yeah, you know what I mean. Definitely. So we're uh, they're they're just bossed. A fantastic centre half pairing. We've been starved of so much for so long. So it, it's just it's great. It's great to have a centre half pairing who we have so much faith in. We don't even think about Michael Keane. I was watching that access all areas thing today for the, or the tunnel camera or anything, which is really, really good that the club's doing. You see Michael Keane, and just my thought was, it's a bit shit in Keane, but he's not good enough. But you just know if he comes in, I really do think he'll be up to speed and he'll be a lot better than he would be as just going in and out of games like he was last season yeah. and being all Especially over the place. Along, if he plays alongside games. one of them as well, yeah. he'll be a lot better. Exactly. We just know these guys can usher people through games. So mm. not to drag it on too long and them guys, apologies, but no, they're just fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. It's like having a you know a prime Moyes centre back pairing, but we're seeing it right now, and we don't have to wait ten years. Just said no Moyes prime centre back pairing. <laughs> I mean, long long story short, like I think the most credit you could pay to him is uh, I think I saw Chico Azul. I think he's known as Hamas now, like on Twitter, just saying Yerry Mina, Ben Godfrey, Mason Holgate are all Everton centre halves, and you've forgotten about all three of them. Yeah, we did. And yeah. I yeah. think long story short, me comparing him to Benucci Chiellini, yeah, maybe like on the surface, insane. But it, what I'm trying to say is they're a good center half part. The style, isn't it? That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's, yeah, it's, it's like it's like the uh, 
it's like the psychic ability that they have of, of being such a fresh partnership. It's that. Like how many yeah. times we've been watching Centre have partnerships for Everton, e- even sometimes with Jagielka and Lescott and stuff, and mm. Lescott would drop and, and the entire team would be stand there and, and just they weren't and and you know in sync. And that's not to say that Cody and Tarkovsky won't do that, mm. but to be so fresh, they have so much respect yeah. and that they all be comes so from in sync communication, with each other. doesn't it? You know the the fact Massively. that you've seen that video. Yeah, that, that's the point I'm saying. Yeah, you see them playing like. I don't even think there, there is as much communication. Mm. They know each other's game. Yeah, yeah. You know, is that down to studying? Is that just down to, down to just, we've all played the game. Sometimes you just link with players. Sometimes you have absolutely no hope of ever getting on and playing with that player. Mm. You know, it, it just happens. It's like, click, it's like friendships and everything. They've just clicked. Even BBC had a thing. I wish I could find it on Twitter. I've seen it, but I never watched it. Mm. Uh, them sitting and asking each other questions or something. You know, if really, that's already really happened. Chemistry. Really, really nice. Yeah. You can find that um, in the Senate, Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, Cody and Tarkowski just, you know, restoring a lot of pride in the Everton defence and much needed. Um, so we'll move on to the fullbacks then, as you said before, Mikalenko and Coleman. And um, Dave Seamus Coleman, mate, he, he just nullified Zaha all game. He was tremendous. I don't think Zaha's ever had a good game against Coleman, come to think about it. But um, <laughs> Coleman, like we said was... the other day, he's, he's got this ability to just not get dispossessed. Somehow he spins around and he doesn't lose the ball. And, you know, he throw, he's throwing in last-ditch tackles as well in the penalty area. He was tremendous. Yeah, he was. He was very good. And I think a broad point that I'll make on him is <clears throat> I would argue he himself, well, not himself, but he kind of set the tone for the match. That first ball, Palace kickoff. Yeah. Boom, try and pump it right on to Coleman. Let's have mm. some joy with Zaha down the left on Coleman. That's what Palace are thinking. Coleman wins the first ball, and then the rest of the team does does well to just set the tone for the rest of the match in terms of within that first minute. Yeah. Coleman wins the first ball, and then I think Gordon and Iwobi kind of combine to win the second there. Mm. And just, boom, Iwobi turns, spins Calvert-Lewin in behind. Just a broad point, kind of like looking to get in behind you know, winning the first and second ball just kind of set the tone for, for the whole side throughout the match. But yep. Coleman as a whole, yeah, I mean, I echo your point. I, I don't think Zaha has had a, had a good match about him. But what you're seeing now is, um, and listen, I mean, I've I've, I've watched Col- Coleman as, as long as I've watched Everton. And mm. I think you're seeing, like, now he's 34. He can't rely on necessarily his ball-carrying ability over 10, 20, 30 yards in, yep. in terms of taking players on and and he can't really rely on on his pace or anything like that so what he's relying on now is his intelligence and yep. he's just just thinking about it just a quick little shimmy here quick little drop of the shoulder there being able to turn out find his man inside find his man down the line so yeah um yeah your man's doing really well he's <laughs> he is and i mean i think you know we've lost a little bit in terms of going forward with mm-hmm. patterson out the side but at the same time, we've gained a little bit, probably defensively. So yeah. fair play to him, and I think Mikolenko was was equally as good, if not maybe better. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Coleman's got this amazing ability to just start his hacks with his interceptions as well. Like some of the yeah. passes that they try and break the lines with, he's he's picking them off. We seen it against Newcastle last season, which uh, sparked that goal for for a Wobie at the end of the game. But he just picks off a nice pass and then plays it forward, and we're off. Um, 
But yeah, Gray, did you want to touch on uh, Mikhailenko, Mike? Because he's a player that, you know, he's, he's he's been under a little bit of criticism lately because obviously he hasn't got the same flair as Leighton Baines and Luca Dean and stuff. But what did you think about him? I, th- I, thought, he had a, I thought he had a really good game. I, th- I thought he was getting stuck in on his challenges. Whoever it was came down against him. He was driving forward a lot more. He had that license. Um, as the midfield had that double pivot. And uh, I, I think the way that we could be setting up going forward could could really benefit him and, and play to his strengths, if I'm absolutely yeah. honest. Mm-hmm. Um, he, is, he, he is more of a old-fashioned left-back. We've touched on that quite a few times. Yeah. But uh, I just can't fault him yesterday. It was really, really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, he showed up as man. He, he tried to play the line. If he got caught on side, he has this habit of sort of twisting. And I can see where some of the criticism can come, um, where he sort of runs backwards and he tries to turn his top half and not the rest mm. of him. Um, he kept an eye for that yesterday. I didn't see that. Um, yeah. to be fair to him. Again, it's it just an all right, great display from the back line, you know. Um, and yeah, he had yeah. that license more to go forward. Uh, and as, as I mentioned yesterday in that wee blurb I put on for the podcast, you know, Palace were, were found chasing the ball a lot and it, and they were playing so, so narrow that mm. it gave him that that license to get forward and open up a bit more. But yep. no, just, just ultimately, like I think people need to just take a step back from him. You know, as I, as I just said there earlier, he's, it's the second season, he's still settling in. We won't see the best of Michelangelo until next year. Mm. And we'll find out what his total identity is because the team hasn't exactly got a settled identity. You know, yeah, fire his, his own personal life hasn't got it. You know, isn't settled at the moment either. So he's got a yeah, lot exactly. Of, so it's all that stuff going on. So yeah, yeah I'll, I'll fly. I'll fly the Ukrainian flag for Mikolenko. Um, <laughs> I think just just give him a bit, a, just give him a bit of leeway, really. But yeah, yeah I, I, honestly, I can't fault him. You seen his passion too yesterday. When again, we keep going back to that tackle. Like I was a centre half. That's they're the sort of challenges just as well. You know, three, two, three strides before you land it, that it's just going to be a perfect tackle. Mm. And just you celebrate them yourself. And you usually see when there's that togetherness. And Jesus, there's a togetherness in the squad like we haven't seen in a long, long time too. Yeah, that, definitely. You know, he's punching the air and he's just buzzing off it. But it is a super game. And you know, challenge anyone to come at me and, and tell me why he didn't have a good game because mm. I'll, I'll just laugh in your face, to be absolutely honest. I thought he was really, really good. Yeah. So yeah, and even for his shot, and we'll get to the goals, obviously. But you know, people are saying he should have done better. You know, and I hold my hand up yesterday. I, I for some reason I thought it was great, but obviously it's happened in real time, and you're just that excited because you've just watched that build up a play. But it's Onana. Onana actually plays that ball, but he doesn't play it well enough in front of him for me. Yeah, mm. um, it's still a good ball. They find him, they look up and, and do it. But you know, if that had been played in on in front, we could be talking about a Michelangelo goal. Yeah. hard because he does have a shot. I mean, Let's not forget what he done away left. would have scored that. Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, no, just hundred percent. Just the fullbacks again yesterday, just brilliant. Just a touching Coleman as well. He's ah, uh, he must hate Coleman. I just feel like every podcast I've ever listened to for the last seven or eight years, when it's been Crystal Palace, Coleman gives Zaha uh, an absolute torrid time. He just knows how to play against him. He just some players attributes that you just know you've in lockdown and. He just has Zaha. Zaha, what a what a, what a goat, to be honest. Yeah. The way he was acting yesterday. I think Coleman's challenge as well, where Zaha was looking for a penalty. Yeah. What what a again, just what a challenge. He just 
again, I'm talking about those few strides before you hit that challenge. You just, he just knew Coleman had no fear, and it was just like, I'll hit it and I'll put it out, and he's going to go down. That's one of those ones. It's that fair. I'm new, go down as an attacker. Yeah. You know, you're in shock, and you actually do genuinely believe you've been taken out because the tackle's that good. The mm. ball's gone before you've even got that touch, and, you, and it just takes a leg, Smondy. Absolutely brilliant. Again, from Coleman. Um, yep. What a backup yeah. they have for Nathan Patterson. He's mm. back in training next week, and I really do think Patterson with Calvert Lewin and that team is really going to shake it up. Really yeah. going to shake it up. I'm excited. Definitely, mate. Yeah. Um, I think um, yeah, ahead, one mate. point I just want to make, like uh, Chan, really quickly is you know, I shot you the WhatsApp in terms of the fullbacks getting forward, like yeah. from a tactical perspective, is it, you know, it helps out the wingers so much more. And we can talk about that a bit later in terms of how it affects the midfield with, with Onana sitting and stuff. But yeah, I will say that was something I was asking of, of the fullbacks was get forward a little bit more. And I think Mikulenko done, done pretty well. And <laughs> I just think as a general point, like we were spoiled by Baines and Coleman for three, four, even five maybe seasons on the spin there. Where you had Leighton Baines, who was two-time PFA player, the uh, two-time PFA team of the year. And yeah. you had Coleman, who was a one-time PFA team of the year. So, like, mm. when you think about Everton's identity, and I know that's going back maybe six, seven years at that point, but I think we have been spoiled for fullbacks. Even Dino was, was very good for a couple of few seasons on the trot there. So, it, I feel as though it's a little bit unfair to – judge these fullbacks myself included like uh, you know in terms of what i want to see i want to see a lot of attacking out of the everton fullbacks but i feel as though it's almost unfair to judge them on those standards and yeah when they're only a year and a half in their everton career or you know when coleman's 34 years of age so yeah i don't know just just a broad point that i was thinking about that's something to keep in mind in terms of how he grows his game, but I think you know what you're going to get out of Mikalenko now defensively. I think he's very solid, but yeah. in terms of how he affects the game and in, into the middle third and into the final third, so um, yeah, which I think he did do very well. And I know we'll talk about the midfield and it'll all kind of will piece the puzzle together in terms mm. of how it shakes out tactically or positionally, however you'd like to call it. But yeah, Mikalenko yep. was good as well, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, but I think I think too, just on that too, Dave, and, and, and I agree completely, but a reference I used months ago, but you know, Everton's just like a like a heartbroken lover, you know, that's that's had this great thing and, and let and left them or they've lost it five years previous. And, and we just keep clinging to the thought of it. We want the same thing and no one can ever replace that lost lover in a sense where I mean, you know, <laughs> we keep wanting these carbon copies mm. and you know. We're saying, yeah, we've got Coleman's replacement in Patterson. Patterson's still very different too hmm. to Coleman. And and we are going to see that. I think the attacking side masks it a bit, but I think it's time we evolve our thoughts because when we do talk about the team dynamic and and, and the chemistry, and then there's something I've been thinking about just since watching that game. Um, I touched a wee bit on it with you today because I didn't want you stealing me my pointy big uh, point thieves. But <laughs> um, in in sense of Mikalenko's going to be a different scent or left back for us sort of in the mold of where you know like Julian Lescott not with his goals but like he, he would always talk him when he played left back if he wasn't getting forward yeah. you've got that yeah. sort of left back that can come in and do a centre halves role again I'm not saying he is a centre half but he 
he looks capable when he does go in there. He doesn't look lost. He actually looks very comfortable. So I think we need to adapt our mindsets. It's not about them becoming the next Coleman and Baines. It's about Michael Lenko, Nathan Patterson, and the Everton fan base mm. adapting to what what that is going to be as a whole because we need These to change our mindset. Are, yeah. Because yeah, even definitely. you listen to us talking about the center has, we're talking about Jake Yelkin. We need to give ourselves not every ever Tony, but me personally, I, I compare it way too much. I need to give me my head or my head a wobble, you know, and, and just yeah. say, you know, let the team adapt. And, and become, they are. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, I, and rather than focusing their flaws of who they're not and what they're not doing, you know, we keep seeing these things. You know, Lampard. It's like, it, I, th- I think with Frank Lampard. It, who do, I absolutely love as our manager again. Watching a video today, just seeing him get off the bus and go to Goodison. And so I'm mm. like, he's going in there for for Everton, and he hasn't got that manage, managerial repu, uh, reputation yet. But you know, we we know we've seen we've seen the change in this team and the mentality. But I'm just excited to see what they can do. And as as I say personally, maybe other people just need to just give it a give it a wee wobble and just be like, you know what? Let's see what's coming because we can see something happening. Like yeah. I can yeah. sort of see more even yesterday than playing with that double pivot. I can really see a new form of identity coming. Mm. And again, we 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 wrote the book with attack with attacking fullbacks on, on I just said it I'm only go there, but on their moise with the whole coma being things, we did change it up. No one was doing that then. Not mm. the way we done it. And that was one of our greatest secret weapons. So yep. you know, who's to say we don't change it again because I, I, I just think with Patterson being so forward thinking and with Michelenko being more defensive minded, who has the ability though to get forward, mm. we could see something very interesting with that, where you see maybe your your one prime attack and fullback. And as I say, then you've got your your double pivot, but you know, Nana can break late mm. and you've got all that then free roaming stuff up 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 front. So Yeah. I'm more excited by it than worried, I can say that anyway. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um well, well, we'll move on to the midfield then, and and you know, as you as you mentioned before, it looks like we were playing a, a four-two-three-one kind of system. So I'll just play this message from uh, Michael Orthorn, who Thanks for everyone, by the way, who sent us the messages in on Twitter. Um, so keep them coming in. Um, I'll play this one from Michael now. Hey guys, it's um, Michael from Belfast. I listen to your pod regularly, and yeah, it's good work. Keep it going. Um, just wanted to make an observation from the match against Palace, and obviously Awobi was unreal, but I just wanted to make a comment on Onana more than anything. He actually sat in with the guy, and he covered he covered Michaelenko apparently. Michaelenko actually looked dangerous for a change, but he done the same thing against Liverpool, and I think it's been his two best games. I watched him in France and for Lille, and obviously he didn't play too many games, but when he did, that's what he done. He obviously can't do the box-to-box, and you would think with his height, you know, he'll be a monster for anyone, but I just felt that the key, especially against Palace, passing against Palace was fantastic, but he just seems to have more control of himself, I think, when he's actually sitting holding it, and if he learns that guy, he's going to be a superstar, I think he already is, but I just wanted to know your thoughts, really, moving forward. Um, Thanks again, and keep up the great work, guys, because it's it's my favourite part anyway. Cheers. So yeah, that's thanks again, Michael. Um, Dave, do, would you agree with Michael that in a sense that it, we do need to play the four, four, two, three, one more often, and just keep Onana as more of a 
a holding midfielder. Um, do you think he's more disciplined that way? Yeah, I do. I think <clears throat> it's almost like this. Um, I mean, in Gray, you made the point as well. So fair play to you. Um, but I think it's almost like this. Uh, this net sum for us. So if you allow Onana to go forward, which we have seen kind of get involved within the box, focus on that area, his overall game, and then you have Ganagay sitting as the lone man. What does that allow your fullbacks to do tactically? Well, they can't get forward as much because that holding midfielder in terms of Onana isn't really covering for them. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of really only getting something out of Onana because that's affecting Awobi. And bear with me as, you know, I think through it, it's, it, like I said, piecing together the puzzle. In terms of Awobi, he has to do a little bit more track and back, maybe not play as close to the center forward. But now on the flip side of that, which is what we saw against Pallets, was Onana sitting deeper, um, playing a little bit more next to Gay, um, yeah. plugging in those gaps, which allows the fullbacks to go forward, allows Patterson, Nikolenko, Coleman to get forward right a little mm -hmm. bit more often um, than than they would if he was playing a bit farther forward. And then in terms of what you're getting out of Awobi, it's a little bit more because he's Ghana and, and Onana sitting in behind Awobi. That allows Awobi to go and play off the wingers, play off the center forward and Calvert-Lewin. And, yeah. and then you're getting a little – you, yeah, you're getting a little bit more out of the wingers then because they have that immediate outfall into yeah. inside to Wobi. So I think it's uh, – and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. It, listen, we're going to have ups and downs overall just as a broad point, but mm. I think we may have struck a balance yesterday in terms of playing sides. No disrespect to Palace when I say this. It, it, I mean, we're, we're not that far away from them at the moment when we look in the mirror, but yeah. in terms of – when we play sides like that at home, what the plan is going forward is mm. th th this net sum. It's all right. Onana, you are going to sit a bit. Uh, you, you're going to sit back a bit, right? Which might negate his game offensively, but I, I think he's better defensively. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, he can, yeah. he, he can be good in the box with, with his aerial ability, but at the same time, we haven't, we haven't seen that from him. Just yet, we haven't seen him score a goal, him bursting in the box. We haven't seen that sort of composure, you know, down at Spurs that you want to see for him. So maybe it's, hey, listen, you sit next to Ganagay, you use those long gangly legs and win tackles, <laughs> stop counter attacks. And yep. you plug you plug the gaps for the fullbacks. And, and maybe now it's in terms of, well, what can you get out of him on the other side of the game? And it's, well, actually, because you're playing so deep, come to receive the ball turn your man when it's appropriate and then mm. get us going forward. Maybe yeah. that's what we get out of him offensively. And I think we have found it. And I, I don't know if it's just by chance. I'd, I'd like to think it's not. I'd like to think it's the the, the staff, the, Lampard and, and Paul Corman, and, and looking at it and thinking, well, if actually we move him here positionally, we're mm. going to get a lot more out of the fullbacks and then yeah. a lot more out of a Wobie. And if we're getting a lot more out of a Wobi in terms, we're going to get a lot more out of the wingers in the center forward. And I'm not saying he's going to turn in, turn into to, to prime Brazil, prime Saki Milan, prime Guardiola Barcelona, but 
what I am saying is I think we've struck a good balance that could be the blueprint going forward against sides who would be, you know, mid table battle and relegation, whatever you may be, you might not have mm. that, that yeah. license to, to go forward against, mm. you know, top six sides per se, but uh, it's really encouraging, you know, and I, I think we have found the pieces to the puzzle in terms of getting more out of, out of everybody's game and, yeah. And more importantly, the team overall, the side overall. Yeah, definitely. Um, Graham, it's we see other managers, you know, talking about it. It's not the system that you play. It's it's about the personnel and how they do their jobs. Um, I think Andrew mentioned something about that yesterday as well. But do you think the the you know the implementation of the four two three one is more important because everyone knows their role more so than? You know, being a flexible three in the middle where everyone's kind of just running around. Um, you know, as you touched on there, if you just keep a Wobie further up the pitch and just say, just do his job, just let him get on with it, you're surely going to get the better of out of everyone, aren't you? That way. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just again a thing I've battered on about just discipline. You know, and there's just a lot more discipline and belief in the manager has a massive thing to play in it too. With Thunana and. Uh, Ghana playing in the double pivot yesterday it was just absolutely brilliant um, I, I thought that they were so sharp there wasn't that sort of dawdling on the ball we've been seeing for the last few games you know I, I thought I, I, I thought Onana just, just to go to Michael's point as well like where he said and I completely agree um, not just because he sent in because um, <clears throat> I, I would happily say if I didn't but you know, I really do agree. I, th- I think I think it will be sort of eclipses his impact yesterday. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately for him, we we do know his contribution, but I think if a will be didn't play as good as he did, it would be all raving about Onana yeah. because he was absolutely brilliant. Mm. Um. Just like Alassie didn't didn't have a chance yesterday, did he? he? Just every time he looked up, Onana was just coming through him and won yeah. the ball. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, there was this. Uh, Joke video going around to some guy like looking around him and just somebody being tackled from every angle, you know, floating around Twitter this morning and it was just so apt, if I'm completely honest. Um, I was talking yesterday too about Easy, a player I thought was really good. I think he's just like a lesser value of Alex Wobie, if I'm absolutely honest, but he's a player I really like. Yeah. <clears throat> he got a few really good passes away, but again, Scanna and, and Onana just, just, they just smothered them. Mm. Like Ghana's ability as well. Yesterday, just won on the ball. It's, again, he does that thing where he just sort of drops and he's just static. Mm. And the player trying to play a ball through him, they just don't know what they do. Mm. I think Ghana, Ghana's went back and looked at his games from the last couple and maybe had a bit of self-reflection and, and maybe looked at his preparation or whatever, but he, he really looked back on it. I was really, really impressed with him. Um, I thought Onana's passing was so much better yesterday. You know, yeah. I, I think too playing deep, where I would agree that Liverpool game as well. It was absolutely fantastic playing deeper. And yes, I, I they agree once more. I really do think he, he has that superstardom aura around him. Really mm. does. Again, you see in that tunnel vision uh, or tunnel cam video or whatever it is, like he's walking through and he's he's walking around like he owns Goodison Park. Like that yeah, confidence. He, he did yesterday. You know, yeah, the... <clears throat> he really did. Yeah, five you know. tackles in the match, which is the most in the match, and also ninety-one percent passing. So he was he was great, at, like all round. So he definitely owned it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, his passing was so much better. And you know what I think attributed to that as well that he wasn't getting the nosebleed upfield. I'm not saying he's not capable. 
Mm. Do you think of the way he's like, you think of the New, Newcastle chance and uh, even the United chance and he's smothered by players. And I, I think he is maybe the sort of player that needs that extra second. He lifts his head and make a decision. Yeah. Because when he's trying to play fast moving, passing around the midfield and he's pushed up a bit, you know, he, he's always uh, capable of making that suicide pass. I've been talking about that whole Jekyll and Hyde thing where he's just yeah. it's really neat passing around the midfield. He starts getting on the opposite end of the D and mm. and it's just or the center circle or whatever, but and he just plays this ball that, that that's never on to nobody. But yesterday there was none of that. I, I don't remember anyway. Maybe I've only, I've only seen the match live. I haven't I haven't even ma- managed to watch match of the day. Only clubs have seen on Twitter since. Just things too busy. But um, just just from the as Andrew loves the eye test. Um, if you think um, I sound silly saying it, Andrew, you should get it. Michael that just sent the message and they said with that Belfast accent. <laughs> But uh, um, yeah, just 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 it was just fantastic. He dominated, you know what I mean. And you think how we were we were having virtual. Not going to say it was going to say there. We we were just getting off. Let's just say on the potential of Ghana Unana and Awobi in midfield, and then we just sort of seen it start to to collapse. Maybe a harsh term, but you know what? They 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 sort of went off a cliff a bit there for a few games, and we were starting to question it and we want to garner on and we were people even saying get Davies in for, for Ghana and and wonder people wondering then when when can the Corey come back in? But you know what yeah. they really showed that their their levels above. Mm. They really, really did. Um yeah. just not to not to focus on anything spectacular, but just the crisp passness to say, but then with that confidence that was built up. So when it came to that second goal, Unana had the head up and even though it did say his pass wasn't great through to Michelenko, mm. um just the confidence they left his head and do that, you know, and Onana that's getting kicked about. And, you know, I, I think maybe that's something they chime on as well. I think Onana's speeding up and getting used to the speed of the game. Mm. Remember, he's still an infant in terms of, of actual minutes at top level football. Like, what was it? Like, you know, minimal appearance, like eight appearances or something in France or something yeah. crazy like that. Yeah. Mm. Um, to, to become a yeah, regular I think he only starter. started eight matches there. Yeah, yeah, to become to become a regular then in a Premier League team, yeah, a, a big club in England with, with with massive expectations, no matter what our circumstances, you know, speaks volumes like personality really, doesn't it? Massive. That's exactly what I'm 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 aiming towards here. It's so so he's still going to grow, you know, he's still going to mature, he's still going to just keep going back to that confidence he shows, you know. Yeah, and you, you think again you're coming on against this young giant you know what I mean mm. that's, that's confident on the boy wants the ball defeat he can take the ball in air Fellaini style which he did once or twice yesterday and thought Pickford as well sorry we didn't even touch on him Pickford didn't have a lot to do but his but his distribution was brilliant not even yeah, just that pasty Coleman you know some of yeah. his balls forward and stuff and we'll touch on Pickford will get spoken about too when we get to Calvert-Lewin but even just his ball's really good he's really sharp Andrew Reagan's is down to his hair I, I maybe Possibly. agree. He's got a fresh face. Yeah, he, he looked good. <laughs> maybe maybe he was uh, using manscaped hair products and hair razors, <laughs> you know. But um, yeah, just before John goes off with an advert here, um, <laughs> just, you know what? Just fantastic. It, it, and and just I'll, I'll take it from Onana and I'll just move on to Ghana here too because I think they deserve to be spoken about as a pairing yep. as they were in yep. that pivot. I, I thought Ghana too yesterday was just sharper on it. He just mm. looked like he lost that second lag. It was in time second. Um, 
as I said before, he, he sort of had that stance back where he would take it, he was stealing it. Players would just turn around and he was there. I don't know where, even for even for the likes of Gordon's chances and stuff at the start, they they, they won the ball for Grady get, you know, he just he, he didn't he he didn't get lost in his position, if that, if that's a point they make. You know, he was brave. Yeah. He was brave enough to put himself in there and he put his feet down there. Mm. So and his awareness. And you know, Gano's still taking it and passing it into the centre halves yesterday, I noticed. But do you know what? I do find that when he was when he was even doing that though, it wasn't a case of oh, it was just a case of one, two, bang, bang, let's restart. Yeah. Because there's nothing more frustrating when you're in an attacking team. And even when you see that pass go back to the center half, mm. when a midfield is playing confident, it's like, oh, right, they, they've found their shape. That one, that one pass to the center half from from a number six, they just reset it. It gives the team just that extra second to get in that position, just that wee bit, and it can make all the difference in how you turn and face play again. So yeah. I think he was really mature in that. I thought Onana just hunting it, attacking it, and just having the balls to break up play and just charge on it. It was mm. brilliant. But again, warning to these guys, the defense and the stubble pivot, you've set your standard again that bit higher. Yeah. We are going to be critical if it drops. Mm. We don't want to be, but we're Evertonians. You know, yeah. give us an inch, we want a mile. And, yeah. and rightfully so for the stature of our club. So, um, Yes, we need to be realistic with it too, but where's the fun on that? So absolutely brilliant from them, and I want more. Yep, definitely, mate. Um, Dave talked to us about um, a Wobie, mate, because obviously he got two assists again yesterday. Um, I'm not going to let Greg talk about the Wobie this time. Um, <laughs> Dave, Alexa Wobie, two assists, um, only second behind Kevin De Bruyne now in the league. Is he one of the best midfielders in the league, or do I need to stop with these things? <laughs> Well, you'd say on form, he, he would be. I mean, in terms of a creative midfielder, you'd say on form, he would be. And mm. I just think, again, like, he's just... I get, personally, I get so reassured when the ball goes to him because I think, like, um, he is our creativity. He really is. Um, and just, like, he doesn't necessarily do it extravagantly. It's mm. just like a simple ball across the top of the box into Calvert Lewin's feet, yeah. right onto his feet, onto the correct foot. Yeah. Um, I mean, just simple stuff like that. Um, where, yeah, he just has a little drop of the shoulder and a turn, and boom, he knows where it's going after he makes that move. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say on form right now, he, and, and even statistically, um, I haven't taken a look at it, but obviously a couple weeks back, most – most chances created from open play besides Kevin De Bruyne. And yep. now I think he's five assists um, joint with Bernardo Silva for, for second most in, in the league. So yep. um, I must say I'm quite happy with his performances. He's definitely uh, helped me recover in FPL as well because he's, <laughs> I mean, I put him in before that United match and he's just, <laughs> he's picked up his form ever since. So yep. um now it would be good. And uh, I do think it's just for me, it's I'm so happy to be proven wrong. Like I am a person who went down to Florida, uh, um, you know, summer of 2021. And I was just eager to slag a Wolby off like uh, under mm-hmm. Benitez, especially like I was slagging. That's a fellow who I was slagging off on in a preseason match. And it's just it's awesome to be joking about him as, and, and maybe it's not a joke, but to be 
saying like him and Holland are going to have a close player of the year run, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, really good. And I think that just generally the sky's the limit with, with a double pivot behind him and in a center forward by Calvert Lewin in front of him. Yeah, um, definitely. Just kind of being allowed that freedom, allowed that license to, to link up with his wingers and, and link up with his center forward. So fair play to him. Uh, definitely man of the match yesterday for me as well. Yeah, so. definitely. Uh, great. Um, talk about uh, Andrew touched on yesterday about the Roby's intelligence. Um, it's something that we just don't give him enough credit for, isn't it? He's he's got the awareness and the vision. It's like he's got eyes at the back of his head, especially for the back heel. You know, he's he's really clever, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, I'll be honest, it's not some I've, I've, he's, he's no I've watched it will be for years and never had a problem with it. But recently, I'm starting to get annoyed about sharing my favorite toy. If I'm honest, um, everybody loving Alex will be. I don't please stop it. It was mine when none of you wanted him. Um, <laughs> but no, no, look, joking aside though, he didn't have that at Arsenal, hmm. didn't have that. That was that was one of the biggest issues with him was that he would get lost on it because I talk about him being that street player and that instinctive player, yeah, they play off that, but he used to turn a hell of a lot and they, and they trouble. Mm. But again, it was and he, he players like Gray get criticism for running down uh, alleyways or dead ends. Yeah, and, and Wobi used to be very very guilty of that. Mm. Um, I just always thought with his play, like if he did get on the inside and and had a team built around him. And I was saying this last year when when he was getting better and better and sort of sitting basically smelling my own fart because it was so good that Wobi was doing what it would have wanted him to do, and you know yeah. it's they do with me it's it's down to Alex Awobi it's not what I'm saying by any means but mm. I don't think he would be playing this way if Lampard wasn't building the system around him like I echoed that that he had to be in the eight and it had to be built around him mm. you know and this is why this the contract talk keeps coming up it's it's so important because it's built around him mm. and our our scouting staff and Kevin Thelwell need to be hunting the next Alex Awobi for this team Mm. Um, regardless if he stays if he doesn't because realistic and as James Garner that we don't know I hope so I hope he's already here yeah yeah. just just, just that all comes with confidence you know that, that confidence and that belief I'm I'm pretty certain we'll get on to talk about it too because with McNeil's goal I think it's massively evident in this again with Alex Awobi where Onana takes that shot if we're not as in love with each other, I'll call it this. This togetherness is a team. This you used to watch City do it for years, especially under Guardiola, where they would always square a ball, square a ball for someone else to score in a tap, and they did it as well at Barcelona. And you used to yeah. look at these teams and be like, "Why can't you just do this at our team, and we'll get mm-hmm. these goals? Why do you have to take that shot from the impossible angle?" Yeah, but that comes from that togetherness and that belief and that love, loving where. I don't care if I didn't score because my mate's going to score. I'm as happy for him scoring as I am for me scoring. Mm. This is an identity. And, th- and this is the thing. And maybe I'm blowing too much smoke up our arse, but I don't care. It's my views and I'm entitled to them. That's why we, we have our podcast. Mm. In a case where it seems to be that eight or nine of those players would square a ball for a FIFA goal, we'll call it, to get their yeah. friend the score sheet. I think that's really fair to say. 
And you seen that yesterday with the Wobies uh, back in. Again, that fluidness, you're talking about the eyes in the back of his head. Mm. That's the most evident, evident point I've seen. He could have just turned and tried to take that in his left or yeah. tried to hold it up to see if he could get a one-two for himself. Mm. But they have that fluidity. They play that in. It was just fantastic. And yes, the, the past players were just chasing the ball by that stage. They couldn't get near us. Yeah. Um, I just thought we dominated as a team yesterday. Um, we yeah, really, we did. really did. There was bits was end the end, but it was like, you know, I'll take my smack and you'll take mine. Now it was just like some Russian phone box fight, you know, <laughs> you see pop up on Twitter. But no, just just Alex Awobi. I, I think Alex Awobi is a credit to Everton at the moment mm. as much as Everton is a credit to Alex Awobi. It's not all him. It's not. It's the team. It's a team game, and players like him can't thrive without the team working for him. And you've seen that so much in his play yesterday. He knew yeah. he look up, and as soon as he got on the ball, players were moving. Cavett Lee knew for the for that for uh, Michael, or I keep calling it the Michelangelo goal, but the, the Gordon goal. They drop as soon as that gets there. Will be like watch it back. You just see those guys move. And yes, they should be doing that anyway. But it wasn't. There, there was usually you see a bit of, a, a bit of static where they're like, right, "What's happening? Where are we going?" They knew yep. it was on, and it would be just turned in that that we roll with his foot and move it. Calvert Lewin, boom, straight on them. Calvert Lewin took himself out of the game because he had the belief in what was going forward with Alex Awobi. Mm. That's a thing that hasn't really been spoken about, not that I've seen anyway. Calvert Lewin came down. They basically be. <laughs> To be, to be a lamppost to hit a ball off boom took it give it off you go he knew he wasn't yeah. going to be part of that and he sacrificed his involvement for it that's mm -hmm. massive for a centre forward coming back it is I so, mean, it, you'd see like Gray not to interrupt you but it, you're they fine. did combine for the first and the second goal I mean the first yeah, was yeah. obviously more direct in terms of a will be straight to Calvert-Lewin and Calvert-Lewin ball in the centre half with the ball in the back of the net but even in the second goal in the build up and um that's one point that I did want to make is you have a player there, Wobi, who people talk about him as a street footy player and all that. And I, I do agree maybe in a few years time, we'll look back at him and think streets won't forget, you know, this run of form even and, and long may it continue. But I mean, that's that ball he played in Onana right there. It's just a really good pass that yeah. is just a one touch ball. So, I mean, I, I talked about it earlier in the year in terms of his range of passing. And, and now if he's, knowing here's where I play one touch here's where I carry the ball if his decision making is is going up another level I really do think like the sky's the limit for him and yeah. I, I'd say credit credit to himself I'd say credit to Frank Lampard yeah. Say, yeah. In, in terms of his man management and I'd say you know what credit to Everton fans for backing this boy and, and now we're all loving him and we're thinking this is the first name on the team sheet and yes. it's it's just awesome to see an Everton number 17 become a fan favourite again after Cahill, yeah. after Ghana like yeah. it's just a lovely thing to see yeah. it really is but yeah. you know as well and, and you know what just, just to add a bit of credit there credit to his teammates mm. yeah. massive 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 for the teammates and, and no disrespect to them but you know level of petulance and, and, and Gray and Gordon, for them to even just think, right, full belief. There's full belief in Alex Awobi. Mm -hmm. You've seen it, and yes, didn't even think, I'm just that obsessed with just what I seen whenever just that ball, Coleman broke the Awobi. It was like, everybody just, and, and yes, in any team and any player, realistically, they're thinking it's on, but it's just so, 
it was just highlighted with an extra few spotlights for me, just the way I seen it break up and break open. It was just, it was really, do you know what I'm saying? It was just like, whoa. Yeah, and yeah. again, even that one, Calvert-Lewin wins it. It's played up. Comes to him. A Wobie, just, he didn't even need to look. It was just, this is on. And he mm. just gave it in that dangerous area. And, and that confidence just came through then for Dominic Calvert-Lewin and just, just put it through and, and, and finished brilliantly. Like, so, it's yeah. just fantastic. It's, it's just, how many times does he need his ego stroked? You know, we don't need to go in circles with <laughs> it, but he's a really, but really I mean, special, special player. And I'm just so happy it's came to it. And I'm just like, I, I put a tweet out last night about Calvert Lewin and stuff. And, or no, yeah, I put a tweet out, but that's not actually what I was referencing. Basically, again, in that little blurb that I put on last, I was saying just hopefully people can get over, you know, Calvert Lewin's injury and, and what they think he's contributed or what he hasn't. And we can all just enjoy him. Like, it's great now that we can just all enjoy Alex Wobie. Has anybody mentioned the, the price tag to you guys now in, in the last well, many I, months? I actually seen an Arsenal oh, fan yeah. yesterday saying that they got ripped off for 34 million. You know, we should have paid more. There you are. And also, just going back to your point about the credits as well and, and his teammates believing in him, how many interviews did we see going back three years, maybe, where everyone would yeah. say, you know, the most skillful player who's the best player at the club and they'd all say Alex Awobi and we'd be like, what? What are you talking about? The players knew back then, you know what I mean? And we were all yeah. laughing at him and stuff, but I'm just, yeah, it's just fantastic to see. And, and I mean, like, that's just a, a broad point. Like, when we were all laughing and having a laugh, I mean, it was one year ago where people yeah. were saying, get rid of this guy. Mm. Worst worst 35 million and, and i've said it myself like we're 35 million the i said it and, and, and i, I, I mean, did like, say it i, I sorry I mean, dave just to jump on there mate i just want to say like i i even said it i just said mm-hmm. it, it's not going to work he needs to go because at the end of the day there's wages and what we paid for him we need to get something back because he's not part of the plans yeah he wasn't part of the plans you know mm-hmm. so you look at aston villa then, today they just won four now so it really does come down to how you treat players so if you want to get the most from your players get the right manager yeah definitely. get the right manager yeah. don't go hollywood don't go don't go stubborn you know don't go like kuman what is was as it today five years since he was sacked yeah mm, good riddance yeah. to the big waffle you know what i mean um but and you know again like you bring yeah why do you just go for a name and think yeah this guy will suit my club why isn't he under the same scrutiny that a director of football puts? And I'm not saying that they wouldn't be now, and Lampard hasn't been. But like, why, why were, why were managers not under that same scrutiny? What sort of character is he? Let's yeah. speak to some of his ex-players. Let's speak to some of his ex-teammates. You know, because it's so massive. It's not a case of dealing with one personality when you sign a football player. Oh, he could upset three, four players in the change room. You look at the Morales, Schneiderlin, uh, that French contingent. No yep. disrespect to the French. I'm, I'm quite in love with the French at the minute right now. But um, with that whole contingent that really upset, you know, there was the rotten apple at the bottom of the bag and, and, and spoiled all the apples. You know, you basically threw those apples under a bun when you brought someone like Ronald Koeman on or Rafa Benitez. You, mm. you know, just and they just ran poison through it. So, yeah, if nice you're looking to bring a manager in, yeah. you should be looking at your assets. Which managers can bring the best out of these? You yeah, know, exactly. It's just crazy. And just Frank Lampard, I just I fucking love the man. I really do. It's hard not to, isn't it? Mm. It's so hard not yeah. to. And I think generally speaking, it begs the question. Um, I, I suppose it begs two questions. What was the better buy? Um, 
Alex Iwobi at 35 million and Gilfie Sigurdsson at 40 million. And it begs the question, why did, why did Gilfie Sigurdsson ever play at that 10 over Alex Iwobi? So yeah, long live Iwobi's, Iwobi's form at the moment and, yeah. and long may it continue. Hopefully uh super stat or whatever his name is, is isn't on it. Isn't it? Listen, I'll be just <laughs> a stroke. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I wonder if there's an Awobi fan if it's not green. That's as like that on Twitter. Anyway, um just moving on. <laughs> we'll move on to the forward line. Um so it was a lot better from us yesterday. We had six shots on target after having zero against Newcastle and zero against Spurs. Um Two goals from this, you know, two of two out of three of the starting front three in, in uh, Calvert Lewin and Gordon, and one in McNeil who came on as well. So, just a, a much better performance from the front three in general. And we'll start with Calvert Lewin's goal as well. Mitchell, Milivojevic, no free kick, and Everton with Iwobi into the penalty here. Calvert Lewin! Everton and Dominic Calvert-Lewin against Palace do it again his last Everton goal was that one last season and his first of this campaign comes against Crystal Palace at the Gladys Street end too delight for Everton and Dominic Calvert-Lewin He's back. Dave, Calvert-Lewin, he was just back to his best, wasn't he? And you see in, in that goal, the, you know, the technique for the, for the first touch and the strength to power past the defender and the composure to put it in the bottom corner as well. Yeah, he just looked like he was back home. Home yeah. at Goodison in, in, in an 18-yard box. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it does make a massive difference, you know. And and, and I'm not ripping Mopai. I mean, I think his goal against West Ham was good, and he does everything he can. But he does he just allows so many players to play off him too. Um, yeah. But his goal was was. <laughs> I mean, I say vintage Calvert Lewin as if he isn't 25 years of age at the moment, 24 years of age, 26 mm. years of age. Somewhere in between 24 to 26 <laughs> years of age. But, um, it, but I mean, that was, yeah, I thought he was excellent yesterday. Real, he's just, I want him to do so well. He's just, he really is, when you think about an Everton number nine, he just, he has that great leap on him, good header of the ball, can bring a long ball down on his chest. And the scores happens. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, yesterday wasn't it's happened, but... He was bowling in a center half, so um, yeah, it's just really good overall. Bring so many players into the game makes makes a massive difference for the wingers and, and the Wolby, as as we mentioned before. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, Gray, Calvert Lewin, and uh, well, just talk about the front three as a whole. Um, Gordon was again back to his his old self. It looked like. Um, you know, there's another player who's who's had a little bit of criticism lately, and from from me as well. You know, saying he needed to pick it up, but yeah, back to his best. He, he obviously got his goal for the second goal as well. Um, yeah, they were just they were just on it yesterday, weren't they? And you could see that from the first minute. Rightfully so, the criticism as well. 
Yeah. Um, started the season absolutely brilliant. Um, and then obviously there was all that drama. And then he's he's been in and out of certain games. Um, thought he was abysmal at Newcastle. Um, there needed to be a reaction. I thought I thought Gordon was was back to his old self yesterday. He was everywhere. Hmm. He really, really was. He was so up for it. Um, actually, I thought he was going to score from that shot. It just went over the bar. Um, he was active. He's seen actually as well. I think Calvert Lewin changed their mindset as well. Like he's seen, he was getting the ball up and he was hitting low crosses. You know, mm. trying to hit that dangerous ball across the six yard line a couple of times. Yeah. Um, he was lifting his head a lot more. He was taking his man on. He was coming inside. He knew when to go wide. It was just a more mature performance from uh, yeah. from yesterday. I, I thought Gray. It was just back to Gray's being our best winger in this season, in my opinion. Um, I've heard when I was traveling this week, I did lost a, a few podcasts and. I did hear there's a lot of people out there that don't rate Gray. It's fair enough. Um, mm. People talk about, as I say, even even our Andrew, he would talk about he's, he's he, I, I do agree with him that he does get tunnel vision and they'll run into dead, dead ends and stuff, but yeah. he really does have ability. And if he can keep, again, his discipline, keep his mindset, that he can really create some some really good things. Mm. He, he's, he's just got to just his ability up the pitch yesterday he was just he was just giving them all a, a hard time like you know Ward just hated seeing him coming every single time mm. um, coming inside too he was he was just stepping past Anderson and it was just he was really really active and again I think Calvert Lewin changed his mindset as well he wasn't he wasn't afraid to flash them so again just what I say I, I really do think it was our best performance of the season yeah um, definitely I just think collectively there was just there was just a, a well-oiled machine or, or just all the right cogs and all the right places and the crystal maze, just everything moving nicely, you know? So, yeah, yeah I, I just thought they were brilliant. I thought the two of them were seven and a half out of ten for me. Just really, really active. They were, weren't afraid. Like, even at the very start, I thought Gray set the standard by getting inside and getting the ball out of his foot and, and hitting that shot. That shot could have went anywhere. The way it bounced just, just before the six-yard line, you know, so... Um, yeah, just credit to him. I, th- I thought he was brilliant. I thought the way he knocked in Onana as well for uh, the Gordon goal. It's fantastic. Mm. Gordon, they keep that run up and, and to be aware of that line was fantastic. <sighs> Linesman's an arsehole. Those officials were absolutely horrendous. Yeah. That's all I'm really yeah. going to say on them. They don't mm. deserve anything else said apart from that it was absolutely amateur and mm. uh, the Premier yeah. League needs to get their get their, their, their fucking house in order to be absolutely honest. It's, it's, it's getting beyond the fucking joke. Mm, um, definitely, mate. Uh, FN, FN being, yeah, all of the officials in general were just shocked. Yeah, really, really bad. But for, the, but for that decision, like through that game, like you look at IU in that first half. Yeah. Um. Even, even Eduardo, just, just the way he was just trying to leave things. in you look at you look at the petulance of Zaha. You know, yeah. mm. it was just it was just horrendous. It really, really was. Um, I can't pronounce the other centre half playing beside Anderson's name. So I'm not going to try. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but um. Yeah. Just, just the referee was letting them away with everything, trying to hit them. You know, they they couldn't they couldn't get them. They couldn't touch Unana. Their midfield was quite soft yesterday, actually. Yeah. Yeah. My opinion. Yeah. But um. Yeah. Fullbacks. Hey, they, they they are sorry. Apologies. The wingers. They took their hits yesterday, and then mm. they weren't afraid. They they didn't cower, and they didn't. 
thought there was a bit more maturity from Gordon. Like even when he took the elbow off Zaha and all that drama happened. And then just Zaha walked over and was all, did I had to you? Right? And he's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm sound. I mean, I'm sound. So clearly Gordon's been spoken to as well about overreacting and the drama yeah. like you've seen at Newcastle. Yeah. He could have easily been on there with Zaha and he didn't. He stepped away, mm. stepped off the pitch waiting to be welcomed back on by that by Uncle Fester refereeing. Um, yeah, absolutely. Which joke. is something that Lampard touched on, actually. He said he had a quiet word with him after the Newcastle game. And, you know, he, Do you really think it was that quiet? Probably not. I mean, no. the whole team didn't deserve a quiet word. They deserve to get absent, you know, the hairdryer treatment, which, which is probably what's happened. But, you know, yeah. it's it's it, again, it's not about you know the situation that happens. It's how you deal with the situation afterwards, and to come back and put a mature performance in like that from the whole team, not just Gordon, is just speaks levels of of the character. You know, you you've seen the situation with Ronaldo recently and stuff, and players throw tantrums after getting and telling off. They just do. I don't care who you are, um, especially players with egos as well. But yeah, to, just to come back and uh, just deal with it like that, it, it's just really nice to see. Um, just want to touch on our second goal then, because what a masterpiece! I could watch this every single day and not get tired of it. it it's perfect. Um, yeah. Started off playing from the back with Pickford, giving it to Tarkowski and Cody, and then it goes back to Pickford, then out wide to Coleman, and then into the midfield to Onana and uh, sorry, Awobi who plays it to Gray and Calvert Lewin. I think every person on the pitch, I think Bar just a gay had a touch in in and played a part in that goal, but. Former uh, Leicester man. Got about half an hour, those uh, substitutes. As Everton play it back to Pickford and he strokes it out wide to the right for Goldman. Neatly done. Iwobi. Calvert Lewin. Iwobi again. This is nice. Gray. He's got support. It's Anana. It's Mikolenko. That would have been a wonderful Everton goal. It is from Gordon. Mikolenko's effort saved. And Gordon was on hand to put it into the empty nets. Uh, Dave, is that a little insight there into the philosophy that Lampard wants to play? Because he talked about an Everton team needing to be, you know, do that as well as mix it up and go long. But do you think, well, we just need to see more of that, don't we? Yeah, I think <clears throat> they'll definitely be taking a look at that goal, giving themselves a pat on the shoulder, round of applause, and saying, let's try and do this every week. Um, I think that is part of the blueprint going forward. Is uh, I, I think Lampard looked at what he had last season after getting battered by Spurs and said, "We got to keep it tight at the back. We got to do what we can with yeah this select group of players." But I think now that he's achieved, um, that we've achieved some sort of defensive stability, he'll bring it in now and look at how can we develop it offensively. And if you have a side like Crystal Palace playing at home or even away, you could say. Yeah. But look to press you high. Well, what patterns of play are you looking at to get out of that? And it's quite evident that, uh, I mean, I'm sure that's something that they worked on in the training ground in terms of in to out to back in, you know, forward to back out and then creating chances from that. So, yeah. Um, it was a really nice goal, wasn't it? Probably the best ever team goal you've seen. I mean not many come to mind <laughs> but <laughs> that was definitely uh, for a long, long time and, yeah. yeah and in the past few seasons you know I mean I think genuinely like in terms of good Everton 
goal like that, team goal, you'd have to think back to maybe Ancelotti, maybe Marco Silva. And it's shades, it's 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 shades of Osman in the Europa League, doesn't it, with the Pinar flick? Yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. Just the way that build up and play. I remember like uh, Baines and Coleman linking up and then spreading forward and yeah. moving up and Pinar just flicking behind him and then just sort of Osman just prancing towards the ball <laughs> like a show <laughs> horse and just boom, top corner. Now, could have been that with Onana getting that pass maybe a mm. yard further forward for Michalenko because he can't have a ball. But then mm. just Gordon, just to, to be aware and, and, and move with the game. It was, it was just fantastic. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, um, definitely. It was three then, really, really good goals. Just we sort of in touch on Calvert Lewin's riding get to anyway, but again, just just the bullishness of him, just to mm. push through. This is happening, you know. Yeah. The bus square ball, that touch just to go through the center half. And just people have been I've seen on Twitter people saying it wasn't a good shot and stuff. Yeah. It's the right weight and it was right under the corner. What do you want? Should yeah. the keeper have got it? Yes. Should every keeper save every goal? 99 out of 100, yes, they should. It's their job. So mm. don't criticize them. Why, why find a fault in it? Look for the positives. Yeah. You know, brilliant. That's very massive for him. Mm. Calvert Lewin coming on, you know, that their Kineso tape a whole way up his leg. He's seen, he seen it. It's really, really smart to think that shows another bit of progress and another bit of care that's being had with him. Mm. So um, he just looks sharper. He just looks so good yesterday. He really, really yeah, did. did. Even Game the finish, it, like you know, as as we said yeah. on the other pod, it's that's the difference between Calvert Lewin and somebody else in that situation. He puts it in the bottom corner like that, and other people sky it over the bar. So he's he's got that class about him. Yeah, yeah. So no, no, just absolutely brilliant. But yeah, in, in terms of that second goal, there's there's nothing else to say for it, apart from how you introduced it. It was a fantastic goal and the passage of play, and like you heard the roar. Just for how just for how clean and crisp that looked, you know, and, yeah. and the way we drew Palace in doing that, and they actually fell for it, it was the exact same way that United did us for their yeah. second goal. Yeah. yeah, the exact same way that we all criticised Ten Hag when he tried it against Brentford, and it absolutely fell right on its face. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just their forward line moved forward three, four yards, and that was like, "User gone, you're out of it." Yeah, and then the field was like, oh, "Fuck, well, we need to try and move forward with this," and the ball went mm-hmm. there, Whoopie. It will be turns and they're out of it. Just you hear the uh, old crowd show ten as well, all in sync. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you've uh Malihovich, was it or however you pronounce it? I'm yeah. Any anyone listening to this for the first time, like not only is my accent horrendous, my my player pronunciation pronunciation <laughs> is, is horrendous too. So just try and deal with it and you can correct me on the Twitter if you want. <laughs> but yeah, just he didn't know what to do. They tried to get close and it went, and before that they're they're uh their defensive line was caught halfway up on their own half, yep. too far. Again, it's nearly like that play out just upset them by three, four yards mm. because then that defense was caught there and they were on the back foot. As soon as they were in the back foot, opened all the space for Michalenko on the left. As soon as Onana lifted his head, it was game over. It mm. was game over. Yeah. It, it was. He just knew it was coming off it. And he hit that ball with enough strike on target. That's all you can ask for. Parries it away. Gordon pulling him from the side. People have been talking about what the hell are we doing? I think you guys mentioned after the Newcastle yeah, game, what the I hell was, are we doing on the training yeah. pitch? Mm. There you are. You just seen it. Yep. You definitely. just you just seen it, and it only happened once. Fair enough. Once is enough. Mm. You know, would it have been better in a game where it was tight and it was one 0 Yeah, brilliant because that one move got us that we'd have potentially already won the game by then. Boldly speaking, because it's just I, I was never worried. Mm. But fantastic, absolutely fantastic, and there's. 
Uh, Lampard ball. Just a Andrew's favorite yeah, saying. It's, and, and it's it's to think like generally speaking, I suppose this is how vital that first goal is, is because in terms of Palace at home versus Newcastle away, you can see the contrast and. I mean, if, if a side score first against us, that's they're probably not as likely to press us high or not as yeah. likely to offer that space in in behind. Whereas, if we do get the first goal, it's well, what's the plan to to get a few more? Well, there's the plan. There's the blueprint right now. You know what I mean? I mean, a team wants to press. They want to get back in the game. Bring it back to one all. Bring it back level. Well, they're going to offer that space in behind by pressing us. So it's all right. Yeah. Let's play a few combinations. Keep it tidy. Yeah. Two, three, touch max. Boom. Find it in behind. Find the forward runners mm. and go. So uh, just a good move, wasn't it? Just school yeah. of science. Exactly. Really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was. And again, yeah. Sorry, on. just just to chime in there, Jono. Um, we're talking about you know, the goal and what happens. Three very different goals yesterday. Yeah, three very different yeah. goals. Mm. You know, from a team that wasn't scoring, that that were just going. That was like you thought of flat tires. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, as soon as they got into the final third, three very different goals. It's a massive, massive factor for us. Yeah, um, definitely. So, yeah, and Alex be right at the heart of all of them. So yeah, big time. Um, well, we'll we'll talk about the third goal now then. So uh, McNeil comes on, and he, he has that. He's on the left. He starts on the left, which I think he's better on the left. Um, and yeah, he has very should really, be. Yeah, really nice jinking run towards the penalty area. Plays a lovely little pass into a Wobie. A Wobie's got that, you know, awareness to to back heel it, and he and he manages to get a toe and in front of the defenders and put it in the net, which is just a really, really nice, beautiful goal again. Um, Past Joel Ward with ease. McNeil into the penalty area. Iwobi. McNeil. Brilliant. Wonderful to watch. A beautifully carved Everton goal. So easy on the eye. They carved Crystal Palace open. Everton have a third. Three in a game for the first time this season. And a comprehensive rout of Crystal Palace in the end. Dwight McNeil at his dazzling best here. And that from Iwobi was brilliant. But Dave McNeil, he's you know he's got that in his locker, hasn't he? But we just do you and do you think he's better on the left as well, so he can do stuff like that? Um I do think he's better on the left. And I think in terms of his his impact yesterday, he, I mean, that was a great goal too. You know, seeing that second goal and then seeing that third goal. But, yeah, I mean, just because he's left-footed playing on the left doesn't necessarily mean he can't take his man inside. Mm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I do think he's better on the left. And now it's about can you take that one moment and replicate it, you know, a couple more times each match um, yep. over the course of the season, and I mean, ultimately, what do what do I think he is? I, I think he's a left winger who he can bring off the bench in any situation. 
You can yeah. bring off the bench when you're winning 2-0 because he offers something going forward that's different than Gray. So, you know, the fullback he's playing against has to think, how how do I contain this? You know, he's not going to square him up and, and run at him every time. He's going to look to to combine inside, look to combine with, with forward runners, look to get the ball into the box. Yeah. Um, what he's going to do is defensive work coming from his background at Burnley under Dice. you know what I mean? So, yeah. I think there's a great exhibit of, of what you could have when you're winning the match. But even when you're losing, I mean, I know that wasn't the case yesterday against Palace, but he's, he's a player who can just hug the touchline. And if you have Calvert-Lewin in the box, he's a player who can you spread it wide to him and just pump the balls in the box if that's a plan B that they mm-hmm. would consider. You know, so, yeah, I mean, he's he's good and happy to see him get a goal. Um because yeah. I think along with Mikolenko, you know, he's he's a player I personally had questions about. And I think that he's a player that, you know, all Evertonians had questions about. So, um, credit to him. Good goal, though. Yeah, definitely. So, so um, well. Which is, is, it's funny because he was on the pitch uh, for five minutes with Calvert-Lewin yesterday before Calvert-Lewin obviously went off. Um and again, against Newcastle, as I touched on, he wasn't even on the pitch with Calvert-Lewin against Newcastle, which is really, really strange to see. But if he does stuff like that, well, Calvert-Lewin's not on the pitch, then I'm not really bothered. But it just begs the question, like, when are we going to see them together? Because we still haven't seen any evidence of that yet, either, Graham. Yeah, well, I, I, I've been well, I've been quite hard on McNeil in the sense where I didn't really know what we're going to get from him to be honest mm. um yeah. didn't think he'd be something with two goals by now if i'm completely honest yeah i think it's very unfair to just think that he's here and they solely put balls on the calvary but if that was the case and he was just if they became this dynamic duo that just a ball on and headed on be fantastic you know it's, mm. it's a weapon you, you've seen it through the years in the premier league where yeah one trick yeah. ponies have just combined they they just win games and, and that's all good but I'm really, really satisfied to see him now on the left more. They come on on the left. I don't like him on the right. He's too one-footed for that. Yeah. Um. I think. I think if I'm playing fullback or centre half and I see a a completely left-footed player going over on the right-hand side, well, he's coming on every single time. So I know how I'm going to play against him. I know how I'm going to. I know how I'm going to talk with my fullback on how we're going to deal with the if, if there's the overlap from the opposing fullback. So. Oh, it's refreshing him going over on his natural side. You don't know if he's going to go inside or out because on that left-hand side, he can do anything with his left foot. On the right-hand side, he is he's basically... Very one-dimensional. Yeah. Yes, that's, a, that's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. So, yeah, and, and you've just seen so much of it. And around Dwight McNeil's style of play, a lot's spoken about his pace and, and being fresher and moving amongst players, not mm. running on the open space. He definitely moves quicker because he's more comfortable. Yeah, I spoke before about whenever I used to watch him too at Burnley, like he, he has that awkward sort of style where he drops his shoulder, seeing like the top of his body flops. And you see now when he worked through them, you know, he just did this sort of nearly like he was dancing in Barcelona at a wedding mm. where he just moved through them with ease. That's a, mm. what a shocking. It, it looks awkward, awkward, but it's really, really silky. Yeah, it looks so awkward. Dave's laughing there, but you know, he has, it, you've seen him go through them, it looks awkward, but it's. It looks awkward when we're talking about it like this here, but if you're watching, a, you know, one a player in the pitch or a teammate in the pitch, you're just like here he goes. It's yeah. like when he starts, he's yeah. not stopping, and he moves through it. And as I say, with that fluidity, with that 
it was like just dropping his shoulders doing doing whatever move that is um yeah. but uh, again just got through and he is a player that keeps his head up he's really really he is very disciplined i think he is very selfless as a player yeah you know what i mean mm. and that actually came to his credit so we've seen an extra side to his game can't be stressed enough that through the team we've seen so much more from players than we have before we've seen that they're not all one-dimensional mm. you know and literally playing with that double pivot again just to go back i can't stress how, how important that was yeah that it really i keep talking about the team need to be moving together and i've spoken about palace moving in yards and i think it's massive for us moving in yards what well, in any form of coaching you do you try to talk to a team be a junior or adult where you, you have to move together as a team and it's you know, one step can make all the difference. Yeah. And we had that yesterday and it really suited. So when we're playing that tight and that fluid, McNeil coming in to play in that style, be it from the start of the end, that really suits his game out there. Yeah. I don't even think he'd be expecting to be, he would have expected to have these two goals as well, the two scored. He mm. showed that he can score two very different goals and and it, and he can he can play when we need him. Yeah. You know, people might say, Oh, you had the game one. Well he, he put it to bed. Mm. And again just that confidence and Alex and Wobby too, you know, yeah. to give and to get back. He continued his run. He didn't. He didn't stop. We've seen that happen before. Players stop mm. and the ball comes inside and just they're all standing with their arms up. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Plus, I talked about Palace chased the ball. It was very. It was all very close enough for them to turn around and be on top of him. Mm. So you get that, that ball under the keepers. The keeper was diving down. We've talked about players scanning over the ball. Yep. Discipline. Discipline. Concentration. Self belief, brilliant. It's great for him. So we've got Gordon now on. Is that three goals now? He's on. Yeah, Gordon's on three. Gray's on two. McNeil's on two. So mm. we talk about our wing options, and we talk about our goals, and we talk about spreading the goals. We're all pretty harsh. Just to just to come back to being the <sighs> taking the fun out of things. We've been pretty harsh, you know, and and rightfully so at a lot of times, but. And all your wingers are sitting in two goals in October. Yeah, it's not bad. Long way to go. If they mm. could all finish the season but with six, seven, eight goals. Yeah, between them, really can't shake a stick at that. Yeah. Like it's, it's it's fantastic. So, and we still have Mope to see how they play well. now. And yeah, and, and with all due respect, Mope as well. He used to get his goals, but they haven't got to play it with Calvert Lewin. No disrespect to Mope, but. Calvert Lewin for me is a different caliber. Yeah, of course. He, he's going yeah. to change their game. He's going to open their game up so much more. Yeah. Those flick ons. Yeah. Gray sitting on the shoulder, banking his run, just his strike off whatever shoulder, be it the fullbacks, the center halves, is Calvert Lewin, the ones are not on. Yep. Going to open up his game. Anthony Gordon, the exact same way. Anthony Gordon's crossing with his right foot from the right hand side. Nathan Patterson coming back with the way he likes to whip a ball in. Yeah, going to change it. You're going to have players like Gray or Dwight McNeil then coming in from the left-hand side behind, anticipating Calvert-Lewin having two centre halves up against them, nodding the ball back or skipping or missing everybody all together to strike. Mm. Guys, I, I think we are going to see more. You're going to you're going to see more of it, and I think that's what Lampard's really going to try and push and implement implement on it. Yeah. So yeah, well done to Dwight McNeil. I think he deserves all the credit in the world for coming on and doing that on a game that we felt we'd already won. Mm. On a way to make your mark and, and you know join the party. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, and then we obviously seen a couple of substitutes as well. Um, so Garner came on, uh, McNeil obviously, uh, Mope and Decore and Tom Davis. So 
Tom Davis and Decore, two players we've spoke about coming on. Um, not necessarily playing in a, in a three in midfield, in a four-three-three, because it doesn't necessarily suit them. But with this double pivot, Dave, do you think Davis and Decore could have a role to play? Yeah, definitely. I think you need depth if you're going to play in multiple competitions, and yeah. not just Europe, but if you're going to try and compete in the League Cup and the FA Cup as well as the Premier League. Um, so, yeah, I think they could do. Uh, I think Davis is obviously much different to Ghana, but I think if you're looking for something different there, I think Davis possibly could offer it. Same in comparison to Onana. Decore yeah. um, wouldn't be too dissimilar. Um so I think they do have a role to play, but overall, I thought substitutions were were pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Um, Graham, is substitutions and the, the timing of them more importantly? Um, now, obviously, didn't really matter so much yesterday because we, we'd already won the game, so you can just make a substitution anytime. But um, do you think Lampard is definitely improving in his decision making and and knowing when to make things and? You know, pull players off, especially. Yeah, I, I think he is. I think he's responded, be it the crowd or just the results or whatever. Um, mm. In terms of the subs that came on yesterday, I have absolutely no problem with them. Um, yeah. It was nice to see him use so many subs. Um, would have been nice for Vinagre to get in there, but I don't like changing the defence ever. Mm. Realistically, it just upset the balance. We've seen that with when a Wobies went in for Coleman recently. Yeah, don't think um, Minagre was in the squad. Actually, that as well. No, I, I didn't even look at the lineups. Honestly, I, I got her on as soon as it started, and it yep. was off as soon as it finished. Um, but just even even at that, you know, if if he was an option, I would I would have liked to have seen him get in, but. Yeah, I have absolutely no problem. It felt like the subs went were happening at the right time. I know if you're if you're losing the game, maybe it feels a bit different. Mm. You can be more hypercritical, but not much to say. They came on done well. Dwight McNeil was the pick of the bunch. Yeah. Um Garner again just just he, he does drop he does need to catch up where we sometimes see we've seen Tom Davies sort of fall over one and uh the Corey didn't look that bad when he came on, to be honest. Not that I can remember, but mm. yeah, just good. It's good. He's it's good that he's learning. It's good that he's learned that he's starting to trust more, and he's going to start bringing them in. Um, I think he's going to bring some guys in so they get it. So they have a wee bit of a highlight reel before they be, get sold on, possibly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, by all means, they need to get in and, and, and play with that team and feel involved. If they feel involved and they feel that they're going to get minutes. And ultimately, they're going to be more like we're talking about that to get honest and that belief when they're on the pitch. Yeah. Mm. The way that we've been playing, they're going to fall on it so much better instead of sticking out like a sore thumb and actually being a thorn on our side rather than a, a string in our bow, you know? So, yeah. no, just well, well done in terms of that. Yep, definitely. Um, just a really professional mature performance all over the field um, we got the job done and it was a nice comfortable victory which is not something that we could say you know really often especially of late but yeah it's just a really nice performance some played some beautiful football and uh, defended really well attacked really well yeah it's just really nice to see so on to Fulham next week um, which is going to be a different kind of test 
because obviously they play you know a different system whereas palace are more physical and things and they're you know Fulham they like to play some nice intricate football but again they've got that physicality with Mitrovic so it's a completely different test um but hopefully we can take that into the next game um Graham I'll just come to you and, and then Dave just quickly before we jump off what would you would you like to see this uh, formation kept for next week against Fulham yeah I, I think so um I think this style can benefit us home either yeah. way mm. um because you've got that added protection if you're, if you're sat on um I think I know, I know Patterson's only coming back into training next week which is brilliant hopefully then he's only another week off yeah and be getting in the team um but yeah just just in terms of that I, I think it can really benefit us away from home as well when we talk yeah. about the whole Michelenko thing and if we do Patterson back because I think Patterson will be the fullback pushing forward yeah. whereas Michelenko yeah. will be the uh, fullback sitting in to give Onana that room to break if he needs to so you've still got that protection of Tarkovsky Cody you would have Michelenko and then you have Ghana um, if you want to play it safe then you've also got Onana that's that's mm-hmm. quite the wall for the rest they just go and break and attack um, so nearly as if you're committing one fullback over two and allowing Onana to make that late move. Excuse yeah. me, they move up the pitch. Um, so I really do think that will benefit us. And again, Calvert-Lewin being back is massive, especially for us going away from home. I had this theory that Neil Mapai might be absolutely brilliant to come off the long ball and, and do that run that I, I envisage Gray doing just off the shoulder. Yeah. Sadly, I haven't seen it. No disrespect to the guy. Um, mm. I think he needs to grow and learn how to fit into the side again more. Yeah. He's had a sort of baptism of fire where he could drop straight in and you know as I say that whole adrenaline and that new experience sort of dies down and you have to sort of find your identity and where you are going to go forward with the team but um, yeah I think Albert Lane is a, is a massive game changer in this Yeah, um, I just hope that we can stay compact up and down the pitch mm. Fulham's going to be a really tough game I, I, I think Fulham are a very good side Yeah, um, they're not sitting where are they sitting eighth in the league is it yep. eighth or something in the league Actually, seventh right now. Seventh. So mm. they're not there by accident. So, yeah, Silva, Silva is when he has a team that are playing for him. They're all his players, and they're 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 playing with with uh, a lot of fluidity. So, yeah, it's going to be a good yeah. test. And again, that was a response from the Newcastle result, but they still owe us an away result after that yeah. Newcastle. So we need to get the first shot on goal. We need mm. to put a lot of pressure. We need to be confident. We need to be ballsy. I think you'll see Michelenko move forward a lot less. You might see Calvert-Lewin move forward a lot less. So maybe yep. the style I was talking about won't maybe come to fruition. Who knows? Um, but yeah, if even Patterson's back in training this week, we might even see him. So maybe he said next week, but you don't show your cards, do you, when you're a Premier League manager? Yep, so yeah, excited. They can take a lot of positivities from this. As it says, we scored three very different goals. Mm. So they can... Get in the bun if they, if they, if if they think they they have any right to go out and try and have one plan, yeah, because they're better than that, and we know they're better than that. So, yeah, we'll do that preview and stuff this week. But I, I think with the double pivot, it's it's going to be massive because if we leave Ghana there in his own, he's, we've seen now this new Ghana. It's back here is prone to error if he's yeah. left too much mm-hmm. on his own. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, same side for me. Yeah. Oh, I've got to say, same side for me. Let's hope we can get something from it. So I've seen people mention Holgate as well. Um, do you think he's an option to come in for Coleman and give Coleman a rest, Dave? No, nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Mm. 
Yeah, just keep it much the same. Yeah, he'll get he'll get it with all due respect, Shimmy. He'll get his breaks in. He'll get his breaks in. Just you know, a couple more games, and then yep. and then you'll get some downtime. So, yeah, yep, definitely. Um, yeah, well, that's that's it for this pod. That's the full in depth review of our three 0 win against Palace. Um, no doubt we'll be back soon. Uh, keep sending those messages in, by the way, on on the the Twitter page and uh, Instagram as well. Keep sending them in, and hopefully we can get you a. You know, on the pod if possible, or 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 send us you know your your voice messages as well, um, just as Michael's done today. So, yeah, big thank you to everyone for for uh, you know getting involved and things, and that's what we want. Um, but yeah, Graham, Dave, thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll catch you in the next one. All the best, mate. Evan, are we? Now it's time for a quick word about our sponsor, Manscaped. Big thank you to the guys over at manscaped.com for sending some products for us to check out. Manscaped are the best in the business when it comes to men's below-the-waist grooming products. I can tell you from my own personal experience, I've used it on my beard actually, and I'm blown away by how cool and how good this lawnmower 4.0 is. You really do make precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And... It basically looks like an F117 stealth bomber for your balls. It looks that good and comes with its own little wireless charging stand, which looks like something Batman would use. So yeah, it's pretty sick. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and it's a game changer. Inside you'll find a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker for your ears and nose, crop reserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxes and the travel bag to hold all that good stuff. The ball deodorant especially guys is an absolute game changer by the way, you need it, trust me. The Lawnmower 4.0 is the future of grooming and it's waterproof. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4000K LED spotlight if you need a more precise shave. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear, t- and ear trimmer. And the weed bucket is also waterproof and also has manscaped skin safe technology as well which helps reduce nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped box- Boxes and Travel Bag. It's time to take care of yourself so join over 6 million men worldwide we trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. Get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code EAW20 at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Evan Army podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with all your blue friends and family. And don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us out as we build this thing up. You can also catch us on Twitter by searching for at EAW Podcast. And if you have anything else you'd like to discuss with us, you can reach us via email at EAWpodcast at gmail.com.